In this season of gratitude, we are opening up our vaults to bring you this 2019 episode on the timeless topic of boys and fostering gratitude. Enjoy. I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. November is the month of Thanksgiving here in the States. It is also National Gratitude Month. And so many parents I hear are frustrated because their boys seem to them eternally ungrateful. No matter how much I do, they don't appreciate what I do. And the flip side I hear with that is entitlement. So many parents tell me that their sons are entitled. They feel like they should just have everything and they have all of these things, parents who love them, a house, plenty of food, a PS4, friends to play Fortnite or Minecraft with, and the kids still don't come across as grateful. Do you hear the same thing? I absolutely do. And I'm glad you brought in the entitlement piece because I hear that a lot. And of course, we want our kids to grow up to be kind and thankful for what they have. And Yet it's one of those nebulous concepts that's like, how do we teach this? We can teach our little ones to say please and thank you, but then what do we do after that? What's right. the next steps? And like so many things that you and I talk about, Jen, there are no quick fixes. There's not just one formula for how do I make my son be more grateful? You know, as we dug into this, I started feeling a little bit relieved because of course I see this with my own kids. My own kids can seem very ungrateful and very entitled. Although I will tell you, my youngest, the 13 year old says, thank you a lot. Thank you for coming to pick me up from school. Thanks for Aww. giving me a ride to dad's house, which makes Aww. me feel good because he sees and appreciates it. But two things. When I ask people in my Facebook group about gratitude, what questions do you have? How do you teach it? Certainly this concept of role modeling came up, right? 
If sure. we act like entitled jerks, they're not going to be the most gracious and appreciative creatures on the planet. But a very smart mom pointed out, if it was as simple as role modeling, our kids would already be doing this in many cases. So there's, there's something else going on. And what is that something else? And as I dug into this, I learned that development has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. So moms and dads and teachers, it's not that your kids are terrible people or that you are doing a terrible job. Research is showing that gratitude is associated with emotional maturity. So the kind of gratitude that I can feel and express at this point in my life, it's really unreasonable to expect an 11 year old to do the yeah. same thing. An 11 year old who is completely all about the 11 year old. Which is developmentally appropriate yep. for 11. And um, there's some researchers in North Carolina who dug into this and as they've teased apart, you know, what is gratitude? Because it's more than just a, a reflex saying thank you. Sure. Anybody can do that, but it doesn't mean you really feel gratitude or you feel appreciation for it. And so they realized that this whole process involves the skills of perspective taking. You have to be able to see and have a sense of what that other person might be thinking. Absolutely. Stepping into someone else's shoes, which is not an easy step for many boys. Especially if you recall our conversation with Ryan Wexelblack, mm. ADHD dude, boys and girls, but children with ADHD in particular can struggle with perspective taking. So it might not be that your son is an entitled jerk. It's likely that he is still developing these skills. That's such a relief. What's the difference as our kids are developing? Okay, we know a three and four and five-year-old isn't go going to stretch much, much past saying please and thank you. But as they move into middle school, as they move into high school, are there developmental shifts that we can be watching for? Yes, and I was surprised to learn this. First of all, this is a very, very new area of research. It wasn't until 2005 that psychologists and others really started digging into gratitude and children and mm. really studying how children express it um, and their experience of it. What they have found so far is that gratitude is strongly correlated with life satisfaction which is certainly a reason for us to work to nurture this in our kids. And it has different benefits at different ages. So according to some research, young adolescents ages 11 to 13 who were grateful, so an appreciation of what they've been given, of what they have, they are happier and more optimistic. They have better social support and are more satisfied with their, you know, their school, their community, their peer group, and they are better able to give emotional support to others. Their empathy is developing. Empathy, exactly. And I think that goes back to that perspective taking. Yeah. And then as they mature, it goes further out into the world. The researchers found that teenagers, grateful teens in like the 14 to 19 range, were more satisfied with their lives overall, and they use their strengths to better their community. And they're very involved in their schools 
and hobbies. They're less depressed, less envious, and less materialistic. This makes me think of all the kids. Well, it makes me think of Greta for sure, but it makes me think of all the kids that are out there volunteering. They're doing food drives. They're collecting coats. They're seeing outside of their tiny little family, little world and having that expansion, which is perfectly, absolutely age appropriate for teenagers. Can we expect this in our sixth graders? Likely not. And that's okay. So the reassurance comes that it is being developed and you will see it appear later in life and know that if you are putting certain things in place along the way, you are going to have a wonderful adult. I think that's so important because when I posed this question, one somebody asked me in return was, how do you get your kids to volunteer for the soup kitchen or your local food bank? And I hesitated to respond because making your kid do those things, I don't think is particularly effective. No, you can't make them, but it becomes a family culture thing. Exactly. And we do this as a family. And we spend one Saturday a month raking leaves for the neighbors or whatever it is. That is where gratitude and appreciation and recognition of the other. You know, mm -hmm. I think one of the speaking of the other and the in Portland, we have a ton of homeless people. And it is across the country. I mean, it, it's epidemic and it's so troubling. And I remember having, my converse, having conversations with my kids about this when we would drive past somebody at the stop sign or the grocery store. And can you give to every single person? And it just pulls on your heart so much. And so what we did in our little town was we had like a little plastic bag of emergency supplies, mm. like Band-Aids, toothbrush, whatever. Mm -hmm. So when it was possible to do that, then we had a snack or something tangible to give to that person. But the conversation was, can we help everybody? No. Can we help some people some of the time? So it's that place of appreciation for what you have and the place where you can share what you have with others. You mentioned neighbors before, and for some of us anyway, that might be a really good way to begin teaching gratitude. So we have been extremely fortunate. We have, I would call them the best neighbors on the planet. We've lived next to them now for nearly 19 years, but they are the kind of people where if we ever need anything, they do it. He gets the snowblower out, we're not out yet, he does ours as well. If we need to borrow anything, just go in the shed and, and get it. If they make a dessert for something and there's extras, they, a plate shows up on my table, right? So that's allowed me a lot of opportunities to talk with my children about, wow, isn't this wonderful how they help us out? They had extra, they shared it with us. And as my kids have seen that, they have become very willing if Beth and Bob are gone, we'll do their sidewalks. We'll take nice. care of their stuff. So learning to accept and rely on others and how that is mutually beneficial. When kids can see that in action in a relationship, it's growing those emotional muscles mm -hmm. that lead eventually to gratitude and to empathy and to recognizing and considering the needs of others. 
And another angle that I feel is important to foster in our children is wonder and awe. And it's what you said about developing this appreciation for the other, but it's also that place of developing appreciation for this world that we live in, for the stars in the galaxy and having that sense of wonder. And what, what I have noticed now that we are in the age of Google, when a question comes up, it might just be adults gathered together. When a question comes up, you know, how far does a monarch butterfly travel to its winter home? Google it. Or how many people have swum the English Channel? Google it. And there's no, there's less place to just sit around and ponder and wonder. And what do you think about that? And what if it were like that? And so, Having these conversations with your kids builds their imagination and it builds the deep appreciation for the wonder of a butterfly that can fly all the way to Mexico. That's incredible. Who knows how many thousands of miles that is, but that's not what matters. That's what Google can tell us. But what matters is this wonder and awe that this creature can travel such distances. So I think that bringing in that wonder and that awe also helps to amplify the appreciation, the gratitude that we've been talking about. I do think we have to be a little bit careful because some of our boys, especially being able to find out exactly how far or how many monarchs make that journey is what fuels their wonder. Yes. And there's a place for both. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And maybe that place is not making Google the first stop. The first place is, well, what do you think? What's your guess? What, you know, what are all the factors involved in a butterfly flying to Mexico? This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order, byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? 
And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash on boys. Winona, menopause care made easy. And then, oh, well, okay, let's do some fact checking because Google really is facts. It's not the wonder. It's not the imagination. So when I think about wonder and awe, I do think about the natural environment. You mentioned the stars, uh, trees, forests, rivers, lakes, Grand Canyon, all of those things. And I think it is directly related to gratitude because when you feel wonder and specifically when you feel awe, you are usually reminded how small you are. Yeah. That there's so much beyond me and I am just a tiny little part of that. And if you think about it, that's really this realization that's kind of at the root of gratitude, realizing that the world does not revolve around me. Which goes back to the developmental steps of gratitude is coming out of that place where the world revolves around me and moving into, oh, there's other people in the world. And there's, yes, being out in nature is a place that definitely fosters gratitude. And often when we do go out to nature, we don't take our creature comforts with us, right? So when I take my boys camping, we have shelter, but it's a tent and we're all right here together. There's no privacy. Do we have warm sleeping bags? Yep. We also have these skinny little sleeping pads, which are not exactly as comfortable as our beds. Those little hardships do help make them more appreciative for what we have at home. So sometimes it it helps to step out of your comfort zone and 
take away some of the comforts that we are so accustomed to. So I think the whole idea around gratitude and getting really uptight about, you know, is my kid going to be entitled? Is he, he doesn't have any, he doesn't have a single gratitude bone in his body is the encouragement to simply relax to, I'm going to guess all of our listeners are living a good life. They are kind, they are generous as they can be. And it's all going to be okay. There's not a quick answer here. It is, it is step by step over time. We are going to pause now for the special message from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll have some concrete tips for you on how to instill gratitude with your children. Boys deserve a simple, effective skincare regimen designed just for them. Developed by a group of boy moms, including a pediatric dermatologist, Strike Club's body wash and face wash are skin clearing, non-drying, and boy-friendly. Save 10% when you use discount code ONBOYS at strikeclub.com. That's S-T-R-Y-K-E club.com, discount code ONBOYS. I want to give a couple concrete suggestions because I always appreciate those. There's a research project out of UNC Chapel Hill. They did a study called Raising Grateful Children. And they found that there's really four parts to gratitude. We notice something for which we are grateful. Then there's how we think about why we have been given those things, how we feel about what we've been given, and then what we do to express appreciation. So notice, think, feel, and do are the four parts of gratitude. And the researchers noticed that Young children pretty much only do. They say, say thank you because we prompt them. We can ask questions to help our children develop the notice, the think, and the feel part. So when your child receives a gift, for instance, you can ask them to think about, you know, well, why did somebody do that for them? Asking those kinds of questions helps them develop that perspective taking and appreciate it on a different level. And even something like, well, how did you feel then? It encourages a pause to, oh, I was really surprised. I was excited. I was happy. Or it might even be, well, I was uncomfortable because why? I don't understand why they did that for me. Mm -hmm. Taking a few moments as your child goes through life to ask some questions can help you dig deeper. You'll better understand your child and you're helping them develop these gratitude muscles. Well, and the flip side of that too, Jen, is when a child gives someone a gift and can reflect back to them, did you see their eyes light up? Did you see grandma smile when you gave them that gift and, or whatever it is, when hug or whatever, but that you are then helping them see the other perspective even before they're they're able to kind of take it in yes, and it yes yes and it will help us if we also notice those things mm-hmm. so my kids can come across just as entitled as anybody else's around the holidays right this list of i want i want i want i want but if i really watch and pay attention what i love most about the holidays 
my kids actually get the most excited about getting presents for each other mm. because, you know, they have their own unique relationships and unique understanding of each other's interests. And they really find joy and take pleasure in finding something for each other. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And so when I take the time to notice that, I'm more accepting of where they're at instead of focusing on all you ever do is want, want, want. List the list, the list. Yes. Yes. One other thing I suggest, especially with boys, look at their interest. What things are they passionate about? So you said before, we cannot help everybody. We can't donate to every cause. But if you can find ways to contribute and to give towards organizations or interests that your kids are passionate about, you're going to have a whole lot better luck. So dragging my guys to work at a food bank might not be the most successful, but my passionate fishermen really do care about preserving the environment Mm. and taking care of the water. Yes, it directly benefits them, but that's a way they can begin to see their part in taking part of the larger world and being grateful for what they have. I have a good friend who keeps a gratitude jar on her kitchen table with little slips of paper. Every time I go to her house, I sit at the kitchen table and put a little slip in the gratitude jar and her kids often will put a slip in as well. And so there's also tangible ways of working gratitude into your life. A gratitude jar, you can have a gratitude chalkboard and say, this great thing happened today. And it's, it is those conversations around, you know, wow, my teacher let me have an extra day for my home to turn in my homework. It can be as simple as that. But to, mm-hmm. yeah, wow, she really went an extra step for you. I love that gratitude jar idea. I keep thinking I'm going to do it and I haven't yet done it. So maybe this will be the year. I've heard people say that they, some of them do that in lieu of New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. that they sort of commit to focusing on gratitude and then they spend New Year's Eve reviewing. I wouldn't wait a whole year if you have kids. Like, yeah do it once a week or once a month. Look at what's in there because that reflection on it, again, you're thinking about it. Yes. So you're building that portion of gratitude. More attention to what you have and what you want and less attention to all the things that aren't going the way you'd like them to go. My cousin also has a gratitude journal and Mm -hmm. she has kept a gratitude journal for... 22 years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think gratitude has come into the popular lexicon uh, fueled by people like Brene Brown and really having a focus on this. And I'm grateful for that because we need more focus on the positive things that are happening in the world, the goodness that is happening in the world. Our, our good friend Maggie Dent from Australia said, you know, our kids need more images and more stories about the goodness that is happening in the world that will outweigh all the other images that they see, all the other stories that they hear. And that is what the science shows, how those gratitude journals work and why they're so effective. 
I saw yesterday a study where they had three groups. One wrote every day about things they were grateful for. One made a list of uh, irritations from the day, things that pissed them off. And then the other ones just wrote about whatever was on their mind. Janet, guess which group was more satisfied with their life and more optimistic at the end of the experiment? The first one. Yes. And it makes sense. I have to remind myself of this so often. We all do this with our kids in our lives. It's very easy to focus on what's wrong. There's always going to be something wrong. And always. it's human nature. It yes, is human nature. That is what helped us survive was focusing on those things. Mm -hmm. But now we can shift into a new place. Encouraging your children to deliberately list or talk about things they're grateful for can be especially helpful if you have a child who struggles with anxiety or depression. And I know this personally, because when you have those conditions, your brain easily can spiral into this place of everything that is wrong. And it's helpful if somebody helps you to pause and almost forces you to acknowledge, hey, there's good stuff going on here as well. I would love to leave our listeners with this quote that I came across as I was thinking about gratitude. It's anonymous. I don't know who said it, but it is, we cannot force someone to hear a message they are not ready to receive, but we must never underestimate the power of planting a seed. Let's plant seeds of gratitude. Let's water them and let's watch our children grow. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men.